Hey guys, it's Jen. Think about all of the effort that you put into and give to everything and everyone else, like your kids, your partner, your boss, your family, your friends, your job, your house, your kids' sports teams. I mean, everything. Can you imagine putting some of that into you? Do you do that enough? I know that this is something that I have only gotten good at doing recently. I saw it as somehow a sign of strength and commitment to always be altruistic, giving to and doing for others, always putting everyone else's needs and wants before mine. It's martyr syndrome, right? But you know what? You can't pour from an empty glass. And I will tell you, my glass was dry dry. So I had to teach myself to make an actual effort to put back into me, to allow myself to take a selfish. It's okay. The world actually doesn't end. So this is a just for me episode of Reframing Me. In these episodes, we take just a few minutes for us to take that selfish and be like, hey, Remember back before my life was overrun with kids and kids' activities and kids' schedules and the mental load of maintaining a family? Yeah, I don't either at this point, but I do know that I did have interests. I can't tell you what they were and what I did with my time, but I know I had interests. And so did you. So this is a few minutes to focus on things just for us. My grandmother always used to say, Ah, if it's not her arse, it's her elbow, meaning that something was always wrong or always hurt or that someone was always complaining about having something wrong. Of course, I never realized how accurate that statement was until I had three kids. Oh my God, if it's not their arse, it's their elbow. Something is always wrong. Someone is always hurt. It's always someone's back or their stomach or ankle or head or hamstring or a cold or allergies or swimmer's ear or a concussion or a skin infection or a dislocated finger or a broken finger. Someone's finger is always hurt. We're at the orthopedic or the doctor or urgent care or eye doctor or dentist seemingly on repeat. There is literally always something wrong, and usually multiple things. And I get it. There are three of them, and they're all super active. They play multiple sports. They're not sedentary kids. I get it. I guess it's to be expected. And I've become fairly numb and accustomed to issues. And as a mom, you need to learn what's a big deal and what isn't. It's like when they're toddlers and you learn to discern the different cries. That's the, I just got scared, and that's the, I'm being dramatic, and I want attention, and that is the, I better run because they're really hurt, right? We know the different cries. They're probably imperceptible to others, but moms somehow can tell the difference, right? Maybe it's picking up on the cues, or maybe it's just a mother's intuition, but we know when something is really wrong. About six weeks ago, I got a text from school. Mom, I just want to cry. I was squatting and something in my leg popped. Now, probably like you, 
I get a bazillion texts from school about dramatic events during the day, even often about injuries or things that are hurt or they don't feel good or whatever. But there was something about this one, or again, maybe it was mother's intuition, but I knew it was bad. It was two days before spring football practices began. Two days. And both my boys, but especially this one who plays defensive line and wants to, he's a sophomore this year and wants to, of course, you know, make a name for himself this year, has been, have been anxiously awaiting spring ball. He's been lifting and training all off season, getting ready for that day. The first day of practices was Wednesday and it was Monday that I got that text two goddamn days. I could tell from his text that it was going to be a challenge, so much so that I actually found myself having a panic attack. Once I calmed down and my older son, who happened to be home during his class break, we drove over to get him. And sure enough, he was hurt, like really hurt. Over these last six weeks, I have suffered with pain and agony. Now, No, I don't mean him, although he suffered with pain and agony too, but I have suffered with pain and agony. I wasn't hurt, but oh my God, listening to him being miserable, not just about the pain, but about missing spring practice and then the first few weeks of summer practices, it's been a whole set of pain and agony on its own, and I wasn't even injured, 100%. So it turns out that he tore his hamstring away from the bone. Thankfully, it wasn't enough to require surgery, but it was enough to put him on rest for six whole weeks. Now, this week, he did start his physical therapy. Somehow, shockingly, it's our first bout of PT, right? Go figure. That was weird. I went back just to kind of see what was going on, and I just kind of wanted to learn a little bit more about it because I'm always hearing athletes and fitness instructors talk about how you should always do physical therapy to keep yourself healthy, not just when you're injured. And as you know by now, I'm a super fitness enthusiast. And when I watched what he was doing back there, though, I was really shocked to see how similar the PT exercises are to my Pilates practice, which I incorporate into my workouts like probably about three times a week. I have two full days that I devote purely to yoga and Pilates. And then I also incorporate shorter sessions once or twice a week into whatever workout I'm doing on those days. Realistically, I have even mentioned to you that in my morning routine every day, I do some movements and I do two Pilates moves every single day. I start my morning with five roll-ups to stretch my back and spine and hamstrings and strengthen my core. And then I also do a move called shaving that helps your posture and lengthen your spine. It's a chest opener. So I love Pilates. And I thought that since we haven't had a Just For Me episode in a minute, I thought we could have a bit of a conversation about Pilates, what it is, what its benefits are, how you can incorporate it into your routine, stuff like that. One of the quotes that I very often think of or refer to is a J.H. Pilates quote, who, as you may have guessed, yes, was the creator of the Pilates method. He said, 
you are only as young as your spine is flexible. And at 47, I really do feel that. I do see such a variety when I look around in people my age. And I see a lot of this honestly attributed to things like fitness and flexibility. So let's focus our selfish on a chat about Pilates. I have included Pilates as part of my fitness routine for probably about 20 years now. I guess that's about accurate because unlike yoga, when I can totally remember my first yoga class that I took at Ohio State in 1996, I can't really remember when I first started doing Pilates, but I think that's because I had already been practicing yoga at that point. And Pilates is really similar in a number of ways to yoga, and it's a natural crossover. So for me, one kind of often blurs into the other. In fact, the day that I am recording this is a Wednesday, and coincidentally, Wednesdays are a Pilates and yoga day for me. And that means that I start off with Pilates, I move into yoga conditioning, which is a more strength-based yoga that incorporates light weights and other more strenuous strengthening postures that focus on building up that strength in addition to the flexibility. And then I finish up with the yoga flow right there. So you can see that there's really a natural kind of transition from one to the other. At this point in my life, I am really loving my home-based workouts, and you can totally do Pilates at home. There are lots of different apps and programs and streaming services and videos that you can follow, and it doesn't require really any equipment. I mean, you can do have some kind of equipment, but you really don't need to have any, and you'd be doing what is called mat Pilates. Now, you may be picturing equipment, and that means you might be thinking of Pilates with a reformer. Now, the reformer is the large kind of platform box-looking piece of equipment that has straps and pulleys and springs on it. I have practiced Pilates on the reformer, and I do love the reformer. But like I said, I prefer working out at home right now. And to be honest, I just don't have the space for a reformer. Trust me, I have checked and rechecked and tried to negotiate with myself. And unfortunately, I can't justify the space right now. But Matt Pilates does such a great job of replicating the reformer movements, especially when you incorporate blocks and yoga straps that, in my opinion, I feel like I'm getting the same benefits as I do on the reformer. And I actually think there are some other benefits that I get by doing it on the mat that I don't even get on the performer. Plus, it's much more conducive to my life right now. So it works. Regardless of how you choose to do glasses, I am telling you, Pilates is awesome. And it might be a total game changer for you too. What I love about Pilates is that it primarily focuses on strengthening and stabilizing your core. Now, when I say core, you might think abs, and it totally does include your abs. But core is actually your abs, your low back, your hips, your glutes, your inner and outer thighs, your pelvic floor, which for those of us who've had babies, 100% need strengthening, right? Core even extends up to your shoulders, and some of the movements even work into your arms. So you're probably noticing that although it may focus on core, Pilates is literally a full-body workout. 
And it works your muscles in a toning and lengthening way, which really helps with your posture, your alignment, and like all over gracefulness of movement. And that doesn't even touch on flexibility, which is so key to honestly everything in my opinion. Oh, and it's completely low impact, so it's really easy on your joints. And after running for like over 30 years, my joints will happily take a low impact workout wherever and whenever they can get one. What I really think makes Pilates key for overall health and wellness and, well, like life is that it's super helpful to improve your functional movement. So functional movement, that's like the movement that helps you just do your daily activities, like everything that you do on a basic everyday basis. The movements that you do in Pilates work in different planes, which if you think about like running or walking, the movement is constantly in the same plane, meaning that it moves the front to back. And if you then move into cycling, again, it's front to back. Many exercises and workouts that we do have that front to back motion in that plane. And that's awesome. Of course, we're constantly moving in that plane. But what happens when you need to pick up something or you reach in a diagonal direction or you take a quick lateral step or whatever it is that you're doing in your normal daily life that isn't in that front to back plane? Well, you are much more likely to get hurt, right? Your body hasn't been trained and strengthened in that plane, and it may not have the flexibility to move in that plane. So Pilates is great because it trained you in a variety of planes. Surprisingly, and I admit surprisingly even to me, because I have done this for so many years, and on a day that I do a primarily Pilates workout, I really do find myself thinking like, wow, I'm surprised. That was such a good workout. I'm exhausted. You know, I even find myself a bit winded in places. And on other days, I do lift weights and run and I cycle. But Pilates is even good for that muscular endurance too. And of course, all exercise is good for our mental health, our depression and anxiety, and even fatigue and and energy levels, which of course always sounds counterintuitive because like, shouldn't you be more exhausted when you work out? But it is true. You do have increased energy and less fatigue. And like yoga, Pilates is extra helpful with our mental health and strength because like yoga, Pilates focuses on the mind-body connection, which helps us with our mental endurance. We can take the inner calm and inner strength that we gain on the mat into situations that we face off of the mat. It's super interesting because yoga and Pilates have a lot of similarities, but the primary difference between the two comes from their origins. Yoga began in India thousands of years ago, and it actually began with meditation. The physical poses or asanas were only created to support the internal practice. Now, Pilates was created by Joseph Pilates in the 1920s, and it was created as a training method for dancers who were recovering from injury, which realistically is probably why so much of Kane's physical therapy reminds me of my Pilates workout. It was developed 
focused on rehab and has a much greater focus on building strength and stability. Flexibility is more of a side benefit of Pilates. Whereas in yoga, flexibility is the key and strength is more the side benefit. Okay, so yay, Pilates. Woohoo, you sold us, Jen. But how? How do we do Pilates? Well, as much as I would love to be a Pilates instructor and teach y'all Pilates, I am not. And podcast Pilates would be a really tough place to start, right? Anyway, right? But I can point you in the right direction, at least. I would suggest starting on the mat. First off, the reformer can just look intimidating. Like if you look at it, it kind of looks like a bit of a torture device, which it totally isn't, but it is intimidating looking. Starting off on the mat is a gentler introduction and it can get your body accustomed to the movements and it's a lot less pricey. Okay. Plus you'll be using your own body weight and resistance. So you will learn to better understand your own body and how your muscles work and how to engage them for proper form. Look for something that might be called beginner Pilates or classic or mat Pilates to make sure that they cover the basics and especially things like activating the deep muscles that are really the main benefit of Pilates. And then after you get a bit of a foundation, then you might want to stay on the mat like I am right now because you might like it, or you might want to at least try out classes on the reformer and you might like those. See what you think and what suits your needs and your lifestyle. Many of the classes that you take, especially the beginner level classes, will feature the same group of exercises in each class, which will help you to learn them. And also, repetition is where the growth is. You'll hear things like you'll do the series of five, which is a group of movements that strengthen your ab and your back muscles. You'll do the hundred, which is a breathing exercise that also targets your core strength and your core stability. You'll do the roll-up, like I mentioned that I do every morning. It's a slow, precise move that strengthens and stretches the spine and the entire back of your body while also targeting your core. You'll do leg circles to strengthen your hips and rolling like a ball that actually feels like a bit of a massage on your spine, and it also opens up your back. Those are the most basic Pilates moves you're going to see. And then, of course, you'll have other movements that build off of them. The beginner classes will also get you used to some of the Pilates lingo, right? You'll hear about your powerhouse. Your powerhouse is the center of your body because all of your power comes from there. They'll direct you to things like to peel up your spine. So if they tell you to peel your spine, you're basically moving slowly vertebra by vertebra like you're peeling a fruit by the foot. Or they'll tell you to cradle your head, which tells you to lightly rest your head in your hands, like cradling it, rather than like how you might see somebody like viciously yanking themselves up doing sit-ups by pulling their head. Cradling wants you instead to just rest your head there in a way that you could like fit a piece of fruit between your chin and your chest. They'll tell you to slide your shoulder blades down. 
that helps you to lengthen your back and to open up your shoulders and open up your chest, which if you picture that happening is why Pilates is so good for your posture. Okay, so like I told you, it's Wednesday and Wednesdays are Pilates day. And now I am off to take my own selfish and do my Pilates workout. It's really hard for me to choose, but if I had to, I actually think it might very well be my favorite workout because I love strengthening and lengthening. However, as much as I do love Pilates, I can only focus two days a week on it. It's a phenomenal thing to add to your life, but I am a firm advocate of cross-training. Ooh, maybe I need to do it just for me on cross-training. That's a good idea. Okay, I'm going to put a pin in that and do that one day. But try it. Try Pilates. And if it's new to you, be patient. No one expects you to be good at or know what you're doing. It takes time. And just like yoga, Pilates is truly, it's a practice. We talk about the practice of yoga, the practice of Pilates, which means you will constantly be practicing and improving. You'll never complete Pilates. You'll just consistently grow in the practice. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had fun learning a little bit about something for you because you are a mom. Yes, but you are super important too. Imagine all of the effort that you put into everyone else. What if you put some of that into you? Please share the show with your friends to help us build our community. Find me on socials, on Instagram and TikTok at Reframing Me. On YouTube now, yes, I have a YouTube channel. It's Reframing Me. And on Facebook, it's Reframing Me. And join the Facebook group, Reframing Me, the podcast community. Until next time, be well communicate, and leave some room for you.